This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was speaking about the great act of worship, the fifth pillar of Islam, the act of Hajj, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us all the ability to go there. Um, we left off where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الحج أشهر المعلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج الله سبحانه وتعالى said that the hajj takes place during prescribed months في أشهر معلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج الله سبحانه وتعالى said so for whoever is undertaking the hajj then there should be no indecent speech, misbehavior, or argumentation. So the three things that you stay away from, if you want Allah to accept your hajj, is these three. You stay away from indecent speech, you stay away from argumentation, and you stay away from doing any sin. Sinfulness in hajj can mean two things. Sinfulness as it relates to all the things Allah has prohibited for the haji and the non-haji. There are things that are prohibited for us now and are always prohibited. So the haji cannot lie and we cannot lie. The haji cannot cheat and we cannot cheat. But then there are also things that are strictly forbidden for them. Such as cutting their hair, wearing uh, uh, clothing, etc. So they stay away from all prohibitions whether they are directly related to hajj or otherwise. If you do those three things, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will gift you Jannah and a Hajj Mabrur. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا تَفْعَلُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ يَعْلَمْهُ اللَّهِ Whatever good you do, Allah is well aware of it. It is important to remind ourselves that Allah is always watching us and always aware of what we do. Which means that when we are sinning, Allah knows about it and we should be scared and fearsome, uh, fearful. And when we are uh, doing righteous actions, we should be uh, remembering Allah is watching us and hoping Allah to reward us. So when you are praying, Allah is watching you and that should give you joy. When you are doing good deeds and Allah is watching you, that should give you a sense of fulfillment. I am doing that which Allah has asked me to do. When you are sinning, it should give you fear because you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. Allah is ever watchful over us. Among His name is Ar-Raqib, the ever watchful. Um, this is why the Prophet sallallahu and in fact Allah himself is in the Quran, uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always with you. If, you, if you. if two people are together alone, Allah is there as the third. If there's three alone, then Allah is there as the fourth. So Allah is always watching us. Every single moment of your life is being observed by your Creator. And this should give you, uh, this should re- help you be a better worshipper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Conduct yourself in a way that you would do when others are watching you. This is why a f- common statement that was made by some of the scholars is, لا تجعل الله أهون الناظرين إليك. What does that mean? It means um, certain people will behave right when they are with people. They will behave appropriate and in the best way possible because people are watching. And the moment they are alone, they become different people. Meaning, when others are watching you, you conduct yourself in an appropriate manner. But when you're all alone, you do whatever you want. Forgetting that who is watching you? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So don't let 
the, as far as those who observe you go, don't allow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be the one that you're the least worried about. Don't allow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be the one that you're the least worried about. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive our shortcomings and our sins. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا تَفْعَلُوا مِنْ خَيْرٍ And whatever good that you do, يَعْلَمُهُ اللَّهُ Allah is aware of it. And Allah will reward you for it if you are sincere. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَتَزَوَّدُوا فَإِنَّ خَيْرِ الزَّادِ تَقْوَى Provide well for yourselves when you go for hajj. Our religion is a pragmatic religion, a religion that advises you and helps you with your daily life as well. Prepare yourself when you are traveling. Don't prepare yourself when you're going for hajj. Have enough sustenance, have somewhere to stay, have enough pocket money, have, prepare yourself well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not ask us to worship Him in a way that will make life difficult for us. If you're praying, pray standing. If you can't, sit down. If you can't, lie down. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always makes our ibadah easy for us. Allah wants to make things easy for you, not difficult. But Allah reminds us here as an act of worship, take your zad. What is zad? Zad is your provisions. Take your provisions, and the best provision that you can take is taqwa, mindfulness of Allah. So yes, take some money with you, make sure you're staying in the right place, make sure you have a decent hotel, make sure all of these things. But the thing you should be the most concerned about isn't accommodation, sustenance, food, it should be taqwa. فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الزَّادِ For indeed the best zad, the best provision is taqwa. And taqwa is uh, a combination of fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, hoping in Allah's mercy, and living your life not according to your whims and desires, but according to the will of the Almighty. This is what taqwa is. The other tafsir of this ayah is that you take the literal meaning of taqwa. So taqwa has a literal meaning and an Islamic meaning, or a linguistic meaning and an Islamic meaning. This is something you'll come across a lot in our religion. For example, the word salah linguistically means prayer, not the five daily prayers, but a prayer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It means a dua, right? So uh, salah linguistically means dua, right? So if we were speaking to the ancient Arabs and you told them perform salah, what would they have done? They would have made dua. That's what it linguistically means. Now when you say to us today perform salah, what comes to our mind? The regular prayer. So you have a linguistic meaning and then you have the Islamic meaning of the, the context in, in, in today. Similarly, the word taqwa has a linguistic meaning and it has to mean, so when we say have taqwa, what comes to your mind? Fear Allah, be a better Muslim, behave well, right? Taqwa linguistically means what? Uh, Hassan? I mean Ali, sorry, Ali Hassan. It means to protect. Barakallahu feek. Right? Um, sometimes you need to take a break, a break of the writing, so I'll ask you some questions. Barakallahu <laughs> feek. Anyway, it means to, to protect yourself, right? This, way, this is why there's a famous statement. It comes from the root word waqa, waqa, wiqayatan. Taqwa, it, it revolves around these, the word. Um, Allah says in the Quran, Qu anfusakum wahlikum nara. Qu anfusakum wahlikum nara. Who has heard this uh, ayah before? What does that mean? Qu anfusakum wahlikum nara. Save yourself, protect yourself and your families from the hellfire. So the concept of protection, taqwa. So, uh, wiqaya, the, the, there's a famous statement, al-wiqaya tu khayru min al-ilaj. Uh, prevention or protection is better than curing. Right? So this concept. Uh, now, uh, 
taqwa, it means to protect yourself. So, if we take a literal, the linguistic meanings of taqwa and read this ayah, what would it be? وَتَزَوَّدُوا take provision فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الزَّادِ And the best type of provision is a taqwa, the one that protects you the most. The one that protects you the most. Meaning take enough that protects you from the elements, get good shelter, protects you from asking. Having, does that make sense? That's a literal meaning. And you can, you can, you can do tafsir of the ayah in that way. Or you can say وَتَزَوَّدُوا فَإِنَّ خَيْرَ الزَّادِ taqwa Take provision and the best provision is fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. طيب um, which one is right? Did Allah mean here taqwa as in fear of Allah or did Allah mean here taqwa as in that which protects you? We say it means both. When in tafsir, when two readings of an ayah are both um, appropriate, we use both and we say this is part of the, um, the balagh of the Qur'an. The fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one statement can tell us several things, this shows you that it's, it's, it adds to the greatness of the Qur'an. So here Allah is telling us the best provision you can take is that which is the one that protects you the most. The best provision you can take is fearfulness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We say Allah is telling us both. And then Allah reminds us, وَاتَّقُونِي have fear of me, have taqwa of me, ya al-albab, O you people of understanding. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us a very crucial, important thing about hajj. Right? Okay. So hajj is an act of worship. And when we're going for hajj, we go with the intention to worship Allah. That's our intention. But what about the people that make money of of Hajj, such as the Hajj and Umrah groups, right? You're going to Hajj because you want to earn, right? So your niya is to make some money. Or what about the people that, uh, the hotel owners? Or what about, the, that also are doing Hajj, but they are really happy during Hajj season because that's when they make their most money, right? So what about the people? Are we allowed even to sell and buy? Are you allowed to be in that mindset of, you know what, I'm going to go for hajj, but I'm also going to conduct some business, right? Allah says, لَيْسَ عَلَيْكُمْ جُنَاحٌ There is no offense upon you, no sin upon you, to seek some bounty from your Lord. And تَبْتَغُوا فَضْلًا مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ Some provision from your Lord. Meaning, you are allowed to try and earn during hajj. You are allowed to try and earn during hajj. Right, as opposed to an act, sometimes doing some acts of worship, you're not allowed to be involved in 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 tijara. Who can tell me a particular act of worship where we're not allowed to do tijara? Um, did you say fasting? Jumaa, yes, Jumaa. So during Friday, the Friday prayer, you are prohibited from selling and buying. Right? So if you're a shop owner during Jumaa, you can't sell. Right? You can't sell. What are you doing in your shop? You should be at Jumu'ah. But during Hajj, does the same rule apply? No, Allah is saying there is no sin on you to seek the, the, the favor and the bounty and the rizq and the provision of your Lord. This is uh, from the rahmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but there are conditions. What are the conditions for you to do tijara, to do business to, uh, during Hajj? Not just business, even working. Allah of Hujjaj, they work. They work, right? They are, uh, they work for the, the, uh, wazara or the ministry of hajj and they are helping with the safety, sometimes, sometimes crowd control and they are doing hajj as well, right? Um, this is why some scholars they say that, for example, certain, if, when you go to hajj, you see certain policemen, uh, in their uniform. In their uniform, but they are also doing hajj. What is wrong with that? What, what condition are they breaking? 
the ihram condition. But because it's their job and they are needed for crowd control and it is, it helps them do their job or else no one will, 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 will listen to them. This is a, it's almost a necessity. So they are allowed to have the intention of hajj and do it with their uniform and all they do is they pay the ransom. They pay the, so that person is working, isn't he? He, he earns a living. He's a, he, he works and he doing hajj. Is he allowed to do this? Yes, he's allowed to do this, right? Uh, or the other examples I gave. Tayyib. Um, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, so what, so often, what are the conditions? The conditions, number one, that the, the niyyah of worship should not be overpowered with the niyyah of trading. So your primary niyyah should be always the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the first condition. Meaning, if you're thinking, okay, my primary main reason is that I'm going to make money, and then, yeah, I'll do hajj as well. Why not? This is not correct. So your primary need should be the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, number one. Number two is that it shouldn't busy you from the main acts of worship of hajj. Right? It shouldn't busy you from the, the pillars of hajj. So you still have to do your tawaf, you still have to do your, your sa'i, you still have to do the, go to Arafat. If you're not doing those things, then you're not doing hajj. But, but after you do the basics, if you're working or selling and buying, then this is allowed. And finally, that which you are engaged in must be halal within itself. Right? If you're selling wine or something like this, then of course that would not make sense. Right? But so these are the three conditions. The primary intention should be the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It should not busy you from the main acts of worship, as well as that your, um, um, what you're engaged in should be halal. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And when you surge down from Arafat, so, um, uh, this is important that you understand, have a picture of Hajj. Day one, we uh, go to uh, Mina, uh, if you will, Yom Tarwiyah. And then day two, which is the day of Arafah, we go to Arafah. And what do we do in Arafah? We go there and we stay there in worship, in humility, in humbleness, uh, asking Allah, praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then after you are at Arafat, after you are on Arafah, that night, that night when the sun is about to set, we make our way to Muzdalifah. In Muzdalifah, you pray three prayers. You combine Maghrib and Isha, you stay the night, you pray Fajr there. Those three prayers, where do they happen in? Muzdalifa. Allah says, فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ When you pour down or surge down, the word أَفَضْتُمْ أَفَاضَ is literally when water, so much water is flowing. Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala giving the similitude or the, or the example of water because of how many people do hajj, right? It's, it's literally, it's, it's such a huge crowd. So when you all come from Arafat and go to Musdalifa, Allah says, فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ فَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ Then remember Allah, mention Allah, and do dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala عند المشعر الحرام near the Mash'ar al-Haram, which is Musdalifa. The Mash'ar al-Haram now, there's a, is, is a particular place in Muzdalifa. Now a mosque is built there. It is where the Prophet ﷺ prayed Maghrib and Isha. It is where the Prophet ﷺ prayed Fajr that following morning and made lots of dhikr and dua there. If you can go there, great. But because millions of people are there and it is not feasible nor possible for everyone to go there, the Prophet ﷺ said, um, all of Muzdalifa is a place of standing, is a place of ibadah. So if you can't make it into the masjid, that is fine. Anywhere that is within the Muzdalifa border would suffice. What are you meant to do? Combine Maghrib and Isha there in the night. You, st- you stay the night there. You pray Fajr there. You stand up. You make as much dhikr as possible. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. Remember him, Allah said. Hajj is all about remembering Allah. 
Hajj is all about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not about us. It's not about uh, uh, what, what it, this is meant to be a journey to Allah. A journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibn Al-Qayyir he describes our life as two hijras. He says, Tariqul Hijratain, the, the path to the two migrations. He says, is one is to Allah and the other is to the Messenger. Right? Meaning, in the end of the day, your life is but a response to your Creator and to your Messenger. Right? This is, so you do what they ask you to do. You live the way they want you to live. And you build a connection with both of them. Right? This is what your life is ultimately about. طيب يقول الله عز وجل واذكروه كما هداكم واذكروه كما هداكم الله سبحانه وتعالى says that and remember Allah remember Allah سبحانه وتعالى uh, since he has guided you because he has guided you right you are there now imagine yourself this is primarily speaking to the people at Muzdalifa you are at Muzdalifa you have just come from Arafah, uh, the most important day in the year. You are now at Muzdalifah. You are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are engaged in, in khair and righteousness. You are on your path to be forgiven, all of your sins, to come back home like the day you were born. This is, a, this, is an, um, this is something you should be grateful for. So Allah is saying, all of this, you didn't do any of it. It is Allah that did it. Allah is the one that guided you. All your your prayers, Mustaqim, God is a straight path, God is a straight path. Allah has guided you to Him. You are at Muzdalifa. You are at, you are there to worship Him. So thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember Him as He has guided you. Especially when before that you were from among the people that were astray. Right, if it wasn't for Allah, we would not have been guided, nor would we have prayed. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is why Allah says in the Quran, uh, We thank Allah for guiding us to this. If it wasn't for Allah, we would not have been guided. Right? Uh, this is something we always have to remember. Uh, even when Allah was speaking to the Sahaba, uh, just like when you see people that are misguided, this could have been you, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with, with guidance. And then Allah speaks directly to Quraysh. This ayah, ayah number 199, is referencing Quraysh. Quraysh, they had a superiority complex. They believed what applied to them does not apply to the rest of the Arabs, nor vice versa. So they would choose to say, well, we are the custodians of the haram. We don't leave the haram area. Our hajj is different. We don't go to Arafah. They never used to go to Arafah. They used to say, because Arafah is outside of the hajj borders, or the, the, the haram borders, I should say. The sacred borders outside of it. They would say, well, we don't go there. We stay in the haram area. right? We stay around the Kaaba. This is because we are Quraysh. This is, this is the mentality they had, right? So they, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to them and advising them, admonishing them, reminding them when it comes to worship, there's no such thing as I am different or I get special treatment. In salah, whether you are uh, from an, an Arab or a non-Arab, Quraysh or non-Quraysh, you stand in the same row. 
right? Similarly, during Hajj, you wear the same thing. You go to the same places. Allah says, ثُمَّ أَفِيضُوا مِنْ حَيْثُ أَفَاضُ النَّاسِ O Quraysh, and also everyone else, search down from where the rest of the people do. You're no different. ثُمَّ أَفِيضُوا مِنْ حَيْثُ أَفَاضُ النَّاسِ وَاسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهِ And seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the time to seek forgiveness for your sins. To ask Allah to make among those whose sins will be forgiven during Hajj. And seek forgiveness of your transgressions. Seek forgiveness for your thoughts that you were better than the rest. Seek forgiveness for everything. Uh, it is a time of reflection, Hajj. And especially it was a time for reflection for Quraysh of all the crimes they have committed. Wastaghfirullah. Why should we seek forgiveness? Why? Because in Allah Ghafurun Rahim. Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that forgives often. Ghafurun Rahimun is merciful, especially to the believers. Then Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَإِذَا قَضَيْتُمْ مَنَاسِكَكُمْ When you have completed your rituals So now, Arafa, we've done it We stayed in Muzdalifah the night That morning after we pray Fajr at Muzdalifah This is the busiest day of Hajj The day of Yawmul Nahar, Yawmul Eid This is when we've done our Tawaf We've done the, the Sa'i People have shaven They have slaughtered if they needed to, etc All of the main acts of of worship are done, we're now entering into Ayamu Mina. Ayam Mina. So Hajj is about six days. The Yomu Tarwiya, Yomu Arafa, Yomu Nahar, and then the three days of Ayamu Tashriq. Right? So Yomu Nahar is the day you do the most acts of worship. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, now that you've done most of the Hajj, and all you have left is the three days that you stay in Mina, where you just do the throwing of the Jamarat, and you go back to Mina, it's very relaxing days. The Prophet called it Ayamu Aklin wa Shurbin. Days of eating and drinking. This is when those three days are the three days where after Eid al-Adha, we do the Takbirat, and we have those extra days of reading the Takbirat, the, the days after Eid al-Adha. Um, known as Ayamu Tashriq. Interesting fact about those days, it is haram to fast. Right? There are six days in the year where you are not allowed to fast. Six days in the year where you are not allowed to fast. Who can tell me those six days? Well, I told you three already. The three days of Ayamu Tashriq, Al Eidain, and the Khamsa, Baqi Wahid. Yom Ushak. Right? Yom Ushak. Right? Uh, anyway, those are the six days in the year that we are not allowed to fast. So, Allah is speaking about those three days, right? So Allah is saying, فَإِذَا قَضَيْتُمْ مَنَاسِكَكُمْ When you have completed your rituals and your rites, فَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ Remember Allah. SubhanAllah, look at how often the dhikr has been mentioned. Right? Allah said, وَذْكُرُوهُ كَمَا هَدَاكُمْ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَاسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ كَذِكْرُكُمْ أَبَاكُمْ So, it's hajj is about the remembrance. فَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ Mention and remember Allah. كَذِكْرِكُمْ أَبَاكُمْ Like you would remember and mention your forefathers. The Arabs, they had this tradition of when they come together, they, their socializing was about uh, telling tales of their families, their fathers, their ansab, their uh, uh, lineage. I am such and such, the son of such and such, the son of such and such. We are a great family. My father did this, he did that. Right? This is what they would do. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them that rather than doing that, replace it with that which is better. Instead of mentioning and being busy with your forefathers, mention Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
make dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wadfadkurullaha ka dhikrikum aabaakum aw ashadda dhikr or even more. Or even more. Um, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, spoke about two types of people. As it relates to their connection to the Creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and their connection to the dunya as opposed to the akhirah. Now here you learn something very crucial. We live in this dunya, but we are going to be here for a very limited amount of time. Many before us have traveled and continued their journey, and many, and we will, we are on that same path. You cannot stop your life, and it's, it's a clock that keeps on ticking until it stops and you move on to the next life. It is inevitable. You will die, I will die, we will all die, just like the people that came before us. Now, once we die, there is no more planning, preparing, praying, uh, seeking forgiveness. It's all, it ends. Except for a few things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with, right? So your mentality and your thinking, your psychology is really important as you are in this dunya. What is important to you? In other words, how important do you find preparing and building your jannah? How much of a priority is that to you uh, personally? Do you think about, okay, I need to prepare my, my home in Jannah. This is what I want to go. Almost to the point where you, where you tell yourself, I want to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a, in a good state. I want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless me with a good station in Jannah. I want the highest place in Jannah. When you hear things like, when you say, La hawla la illa billah, it's among the treasures of paradise. When you say that you can be planting your trees in Jannah by making dhikr when you hear that, how much does that motivate you? How much are you mentally involved in your akhirah? Because if you're just about the dunya, you're worried about the dunya, you're worried about your house here, your bills here, your, your uh, legacy here, um, this is all you're worried about. This is all you think about. This is all you plan for. That's it. Then you have not understood the purpose of life. Nor have you taken your journey seriously. Nor have you truly believed you're going to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We believe this, but then there is believing, then there is really, really believing, right? And there are things that can help you. One of them is visiting the graves often. The Prophet ﷺ said, uh, I used to prohibit you from visiting the graves But now go and visit the graves For indeed they will remind you of the hereafter Another thing that can help you is Often mentioned the destroyer of pleasures Which is death Remind yourself that you're going to die What can help you with this Is reflecting upon the, 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 this life Or reading about how Allah speaks about the dunya That it is not that important Money is not that important Wealth and amassing it is not that important. The li- this life, its struggles and its pleasures, is not that important. To Allah, it is equal to the wing of a mosquito. Janah In fact, less than. Because the Prophet said, if, 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 if this dunya was worth to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, janah the, 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 the wing of a mosquito, which is not, what is that to us? Nothing. If, then, 
a disbeliever would never drink water in it. Meaning, it is not about the dunya. Never has been. Understanding that is really important, especially as it compares to akhirah. What does Allah say? وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى The akhirah is better for you. وَلَدَّارُ الْآخِرَةُ If you just read the Qur'an, an honest reading of the Qur'an will make you appreciate how little dunya matters. How little it matters. And Allah is the creator of the dunya. Allah is the creator of the dunya. May Allah forgive us. Why am I mentioning all of this? Because the following ayat speaks to that psychology. يَقُولُ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ فَمِنَ النَّاسِ From amongst the people is men, an individual. يَقُولُ that says رَبَّنَا O our Lord. So this person recognizes their Lord. They are asking Allah. آتِنَا Give us فِي الدُّنْيَا As it relates to our dunya. As it relates to our worldly matters. Give us good in this world. وَمَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقٍ And they will have no share in the hereafter. Because they never strove for it. They never asked for it. They never planned for it. So they will have no part of it. No nasib. وَمِنْهُمْ And from amongst them is men. يَقُولُ The one who says, رَبَّنَا or our Lord. أَتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَةِ Give us good in this world. Give us good in this world. In this dunya. وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ Hasana, they are also thinking about akhirah and give us good in the hereafter. Give us jannah. Give us forgiveness. Waqina, save us. Uh, just, just stop the word waqina. The word waqina it comes from the same root word of waqa, wiqayatan, and taqwa. Waqina and save us from and protect us from adabin nar, the the hellfire, the punishment of the hellfire. So here, look at the second person. He asks Allah. Good in this world. Now, what is good in this world? What do you th- what do you guys think that means? Asking Allah good in this world. Namahi. Yes. Jazakallah khair. The it could easily be misunderstood here. Oh, this person is a very smart person. He's asking Allah good in this world, and that means he wants a lot of nice cars and nice homes and right. It, it's something that can come to the mind, right? To the front of the mind. This is what the person is. He asking Allah, right? Allah want a good life, good car, good house, all of that. But he's smart, so he says, "Oh, I also want a good thing in akhirah, and I want you to save him from the hellfire." But the assumption that hasan fi dunya hasana, good in this world, is worldly things, is an assumption. Who said good things in this world is nice cars and nice houses? Who said, we say that. Allah didn't say that. At no point did Allah say, Al-Hasana fi dunya is this. Allah in fact says, Al-Mal wal-Banuna zinatul hayati dunya. Wal-Baqiyatul salihatul khayrun inda rabbik. The, the, uh, often Allah when He talks about good things in this world, great things in this world, it is the remembrance of Allah. It is the worship of Allah. These are the good things in this world. So even, so, does, am I saying that it disqualifies worldly gain? No, not necessarily. But it is definitely not exclusive to that. Nor is it primarily that. Does that make sense? Has Allah given good to a person who is rich but doesn't pay zakat? Is that good? Is that hasana fi dunya? It isn't. Or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave someone health but they do 
just with their health, they, all they do is sin with it. Is that hasanatun fi dunya? Naam akhi. He didn't say hasana the first one, by the way. He just said ra'atina fi dunya, give us in this world. But yeah, this is also the distinction here. Hasana is only mentioned in the following verse, right? وَمِنْهُمْ أَنْ يَقُولُ Among them is the one who says رَبَّنَا أَتَنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا Oh Allah gave us hasanatan good in this world وَفِي الْأَخِرَةِ And hereafter hasanatan as well good And uh, protect us from the fire Allah then said أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ نَصِيبُ مِمَّا كَسَبُوا They will have the sh- Those will have the share They have worked for وَاللَّهُ سَرِيعُ الْحِسَابِ And Allah is swift in His punishment and His reckoning Allah is swift and quick in His reckoning um, a few things to mention here is In the f- second verse Allah mentions dunya once But akhirah is mentioned twice One in the form of gaining good Which is jannah And then in the form of protection, protection from the hellfire Right So even in that ayah The balance seems to be tipped towards more akhirah Right Akhirah is referenced twice Dunya is referenced one. Oh Allah give us good in the dunya Oh Allah give us good in the akhirah Oh Allah save us from the hellfire So even that you see there's more, the, the akhirah is referenced more. Which is why when people say you need a dunya akhirah balance in your life, it doesn't necessarily mean 50-50. It doesn't necessarily mean 50-50, right? Focus on your dunya, focus on your akhirah. In fact, you could argue nowadays people, their focus on akhirah is, it's, the dunya is much more, much more, right? But should that be the case? No, it should not be the case. And the smart one is the one that can turn his dunya Everything you're doing in the, in the dunya, meaning working and shopping and, and trading, all of that in service of the akhirah. You can do that with intention, with, with your intention. Uh, I'll give you guys a very simple example. When we go shopping in Morrison's, there might be someone shopping and Allah is rewarding him for it. He's grabbing the same groceries you are, but that person is getting a reward. And all of us, we're getting the coffee and the milk and we're getting no reward. Right? What's the difference? We're doing the same act. One is mindful of the fact that they are shopping to, uh, to provide for their families as an act of worship to Allah. They are mindful of that. They are aware of that fact. And they are intending that fact. The Prophet said, Allah rewards you for even the morsel of food you put in your wife's mouth. But that's for who? For the one who what? Intends it. Just being switched on. And this happens all the time. Wallahi, it happens all the time. Uh, why... The, 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 the different levels people reach as cl- in closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We will all go to bed tonight, I hope at least. And those of us that are sleeping, some will be, some of us may be being rewarded for the sleep. And others are not. Right? Why? Again, with the intention. Wallahi, you reach with intention places, ikhwanifillah. This niya. This is a rahmah from Allah that Allah rewards us. Look at the Prophet. He said, Man hamma bi hasanatin, falam ya'malha kutibat lahu hasana. Whoever intends good but doesn't do it, Allah rewards him for that intention. Right? So this is a, my, a reminder uh, for myself and all of you, Ikhwani Fillah, that we become people of the Akhirah, like Sayyidina Ali would say, Kunu abna al-Akhirah. Be the children of the hereafter. Let that be your focus. 
be thinking about Jannah, be thinking about the hellfire, the meeting that you will have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? All of this. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us a hisab that is yaseer. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our shortcomings. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us among those that will enter Jannah bi ghayri adabin wala hisab. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us among those that say, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. Allahumma la tafariq jama'na hadha illa bi dhambin maghfurin wa sa'in mashkur wa amalin mutakabbalin mabrur. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Uh, my brothers, I just want to say, uh, next week there will be no class on Wednesday because I will be traveling. And, uh, inshallah ta'ala, the week after I am back, I hope. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.